This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is Sean Payton trying to defend his quarterback who, keep in mind, uh, we have not heard a lot from in regard to um, what all transpired there in Denver with Nathaniel Hackett. Um, Obviously, it didn't go well. Some of the things I've heard, I find hard to believe. Not to say that I don't believe them, but we're just really not, not, not typically what you see uh, from ownership and front office and coaching and coordinators and, and quarterbacks. Um, at the end of the day, Nathaniel Hackett is where he needs to be, reunited with Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and and Russell Wilson could not get a better head coach uh, to uh, to straighten out this mess than Sean Payton. Sean Payton continued uh, to to walk back his comments uh, with the media today. Let's listen in. I had one of those moments where I still had my Fox hat on and not my coaching hat on. You know, I said this to the team in the meeting yesterday. We've had a great off season relative to that, you know, and I've been preaching that message and here I am, the veteran, you know, stepping in it. It was, it was a learning experience for me. It was a mistake, obviously. I needed a little bit more filter. There's a pound of flesh for these guys. And as a coach, you stick up for them. And after a while, you know, we're past that season last year. And, you know, I said what I said. And, and obviously, I needed it a little bit more restraint. And uh, I regret that. That being said, what I told the team is, you know, if it can happen, and I, I'm th- I think I'm pretty good relative to working with the media and, and pretty savvy. And I just had one of those moments. Jared's a good friend. Uh, real good at his job. Two lattes in the morning. First one I see, and 40 minutes later, I'm, I'm regretting it. So uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. God, have we heard that a lot this month, right? Um, 800-919-3776, the phone number you want to chime in. We just heard from Jordan Renan. Uh, I'm, I, I just... I think there are a number of teams out there this season that a lot of people are underestimating. Um, In the AFC East, I think it's the Patriots. In the AFC North, I think it's the Steelers. Uh, In the AFC South, I think it's Jacksonville. Uh, There's, there's still, there's, there's people out there who, who cover the NFL Analysts, they've been covering the NFL for quite a while, who believe that the Tennessee Titans are still the team to beat in the AFC South. I just don't see it. I think this Jacksonville Jaguars team is going to be really, really good. I think they're going to run away with the division. In the AFC West, I think it is the Denver Broncos. And I'm talking about teams that I think people are sleeping on that are going to be better than what most people anticipate, right? I think everybody's expecting big things from the Chargers this season. Um, we know we're, we're already, we know what we get with the Kansas city chiefs. I, I think folks are underestimating, uh, what Denver is going to do with Sean Payton's first year and Russell Wilson really wanting to rebound and prove himself. Um, in the NFC West, to me, it's the Seattle Seahawks. I know a lot of people are anticipating the 49ers to win the division. I'm still not sold on any of their three quarterbacks. So for me, it's Seattle who I think Seattle is going to win the NFC West, believe it or not. I think they're going to surprise some folks. In the NFC South, uh, how could it not be the Saints? You know, you think a team is going to go out and, and pay a quarterback $100 million guaranteed if they don't feel that that quarterback could come in and really dominate a division and win a division? 
I think that's what's going to happen in the NFC South. I'm not buying Atlanta uh, with a second year, buying Carolina with a rookie quarterback uh, and, an, and a new head coach. And I'm not definitely not buying the Tampa Bay Bucks with, uh, with Baker Mayfield. So uh, I, do dare, I, I do believe Derek Carr is going to do some good things for the Saints. Keep in mind, I, I know we were talking fantasy not too long ago. Um, Alvin Kamara is uh, there's there's some anticipation that Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended a few games, whether it's four, whether it's six, maybe he gets six and he fights it and it comes down to four. Maybe it's four and he, uh, he fights it and it comes down to two. Regardless, keep that in mind when you're drafting quarterbacks in fantasy. So, um, but I still do like the saints uh, in, in the NFC North. I'm, bu- I'm buying the, the Detroit lions hype. I'm buying it. I love Dan Campbell. Uh, I think, Goff, it, I think he's proven to me what he can do in an offense that uh, centers around and, and really accentuates his ability. Um, and they've got a lot of talent on that team on both sides of the ball. I, I think some people might be sleeping on the Minnesota Vikings just a little bit, but I've got the Lions winning that division. And then in the NFC East, I think folks are sleeping on the Giants. I really do. <laughs> I think they're a much better team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I just, I can't see them. I like, I can't see them finishing last in the division. I can't. I see them competing with the Dallas Cowboys, trying to finish number two in this division and trying to get into the postseason as a wild card. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Dave in a car. Dave, welcome in. Good evening. Hey, thanks for having me in. I just wanted to touch on the comments that, uh, you know, Peyton made um, regarding Hackett and the debacle in Denver. Here's the thing. I think some people, and you correct me if I, I want I want to know about that and one more other item as far as your opinion on him. He's, he's put himself under the microscope, um, much like Bill Belichick, much like a lot of these other coaches who've had a lot of success in sports, particularly the NFL. He's got to now prove he can win without a top-notch Hall of Fame quarterback. He's got enough on his plate. He can go to Denver now and say anything he wants to say, but if he doesn't win there, believe me, he's going to have to answer for it in the biggest way. Um, There'll be egg on his face. That's the first thing. And the second thing is just a little bit about the Giants. I want to know your opinion of this because I know you're high on the Giants to win that division. No, 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 no. I have the Eagles winning the division. I have the Eagles winning. I'm high on the Eagles winning the division. I just I think people are sleeping on the I think the Giants could compete with the Dallas Cowboys to finish second in the division and possibly get into the postseason as a wild card. Uh, there there are people okay, out so, there 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 are analysts out there who feel that the Giants are going to finish last in the division. I just can't see that. Right. I stand corrected on that. Then here's the thing though with the Giants, their record their their schedule. I mean, everybody's going to have a different look to a certain degree, but their schedule is just, it's a slaughterhouse. Like, they're going to have to play exceptional football just to win nine games this year. If you look at their schedule, am I wrong? Thanks for letting me call in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So they kick off against the Cowboys at home, which obviously is not going to be a walk in the park. Uh, Then they have to head out to the West Coast, and they take on the Cardinals. I think they could beat the Cardinals. I think this is a, 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 a... rebuilding year for the Cardinals. Then they're at the 49ers. 
Again, I am not sold on the 49ers because of their quarterback situation. I know that Brock Purdy is is practicing. He's been cleared and he's practicing. I, I think last year was an outlier year. I, I, how, how could 31 teams be so wrong and let a quarterback pass up seven times until it got to the 49ers? I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I just don't get it. Um, I mean, that's like finding an even bigger diamond in the rough than Tom Brady going in the sixth round, okay? Um, Then they're taking on the Seattle Seahawks and then at Miami, at the Bills. Listen, there's a chance that the Giants could start one and one, two, three. There's, There's a chance the Giants could start one and five. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. The Giants could start one and five. Their schedule is just absolutely brutal. Uh, then they take on Washington, the Jets, uh, the Raiders, then at the Cowboys, at Washington, the Patriots, the Green Bay Packers, the Saints, Eagles, Rams. I mean, you know, it it, it does get easier for them, especially since they're going up against the Rams. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, the schedule the schedule is absolutely brutal, just absolutely brutal for the Giants. There's no denying that. But – you know, you, you look at, I, I think I think the schedule for all the teams in the NFC East, they had one of the easiest, as, as a division, the NFC East had one of the easiest schedules as a whole last season. Now this season, they have one of the most difficult. So, you know... All, you know, all the teams are going to have to play a number of these really, really good opponents that are in the division. Anita Marks in for Dan Grasso tonight. We get back. Let's get you up to speed on what's going on with the ladies. That's right. Team USA. Uh, they kissed their sister. A draw with the Netherlands. But they play Portugal Tuesday morning at 3 a.m. <laughs> wow. Um, we'll, we'll get you up to speed. Julia Obaba is going to, uh, to, to join us, uh, with a little inside, little sneak peek behind uh, the curtain, uh, what we can expect from, uh, from the ladies over there in, uh, in New Zealand and Australia representing the United States in the world cup. And if you missed it earlier tonight, uh, Rich Samini joined me on the program to talk about the jets. Obviously the big news here, Dalvin cook is in town He's in Long Island, spent the day on a boat, and uh, I, I know his, uh, he had a segment on the NFL Network that sounded really optimistic that he is 100% sure going to be a Jet, but he did have an interview with CBS, and I don't think Jets fans are really going to like what he had to say, but regardless, uh, we'll, we'll hear, we'll replay that interview for you with Rich Samini, obviously, since... Uh, Daniel uh, Dalvin Cook is uh, on the front burner and the the most important storyline outside of Aaron Judge uh, back in action, which, by the way, that game is still in a rain delay, unfortunately. Uh, Right now, you've got the Mets up on the Washington Nationals 3-1. Pete Alonzo with a three-run home run. That's how the Mets got their points. But uh, unfortunately, big, exciting news today. Aaron Judge back in the lineup. In the two-hole, but unfortunately in Baltimore, horrible rain delay. So uh, that game still hasn't started yet. We'll keep you posted right here on 98.7 ESPN. This 
is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And right now, the Yankees game, Aaron Judge back in action, delayed until 9.35 p.m. 9.35 p.m. By the way, Pat O'Keefe follows me at 10 p.m., so hopefully that game will get started and he will uh, keep you posted in regard to all the highlights. Hopefully, again, Aaron Judge hits a home run. You can get on that right now at plus 235. Me, Julian, and Chantel, we're all in for $50 that Aaron Judge hits a home run tonight. Without further further ado, Julia Obaba joins us now. She's typically a good friend of the show. She typically joins us when we are breaking down uh, the uh, tennis um, majors, of course, um, but she's also covering women's USA soccer for CBS. So, uh, Julia, thank you so much for spending time with us. How you doing? Hi, Anita. I'm doing well. I could be doing better if USA was producing some better soccer out there on the pitch. It's been rough. Yeah, it has not. It has been lackluster, that's for sure. So let's get the folks uh, up to speed. Again, Team USA, they beat Vietnam 3-0. Now keep in mind, the over-under of goals was 6.5. And, and I went I just a, 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 like alone, alone for um, the United States. It was minus 6.5. I took the over. They beat Thailand 13 to nothing. Vietnam ranked 32nd in, in the world. They only have one player on their roster that even plays outside the country. And so for the United States to only put up three goals was really concerning for me. And then they go up against the Netherlands the other night. I had a watch party here in Hoboken. We had a great time, but boy, did we not enjoy this. A draw that's like kissing your sister. What, 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 is, what is, this is not your prototypical, this, is, this isn't what we're used to seeing from Team USA. So with that being said, you know, you tell me what what is wrong with with this team right now? 
Yeah, Anita, you nailed it. And it's not a couple of bad halves of soccer anymore. It's just not the level we've been seeing from USA the last few World Cups. And it wasn't a loss, but the U.S. walked off the field on Wednesday night without a victory, which snapped the U.S. streak of 13 straight victories in the World Cup that dated back to 2015. So mm-hmm. it feels like we're moving backwards. The U.S. had 18 shots, four on target, and then one, of course, made by Lindsey Horan's header. Thank goodness. The thing is, if you're the U.S., you know, you come into the World Cup with confidence. And if you aren't playing well or you don't have that confidence, you at least suffocate your opponents with your presence, your positioning. It just felt like the majority of the game, the U.S. were flat-footed and just reacting to the Dutch. You know, the Netherlands were controlling play controlled the position while the U.S. was just constantly reacting. There was no ball development from the U.S. They were pressing. It was very hard to watch. And when the Netherlands had the ball, the U.S. did nothing to really pressure. The state, I don't know if you saw the space between the players um, when the U.S. was defending was just shocking. It was just back on their, their heels, really. I, I don't know. It, just, it seems very odd to me. There was only one substitution in the game. Bad passing, granted. Uh, Weather conditions were not great. Apparently, the wind had a huge effect on that. So, again, a draw with the Netherlands. Uh, This is is just... Meanwhile, you know, you've got Germany beating Morocco by six. You've got Spain beating their opponent by five. You've got Brazil beating Panama by four. Uh, You know, these are teams that as of right now are showing better performance against mediocre to subpar teams, Germany, Spain, Brazil, which by the way, now Spain favored to win. Well, you know, the same odds right now as the women's team at three to one, the USA women's team at three to one, Germany is six to one. England is six to one. Brazil is 12 to one. France, 14 to one. Um, just, just to name a few. So, with that being said, you know, this is, a, this is a United States team that now has to take on Portugal. The game is Tuesday at 3 a.m. There are some bars here in Hoboken that are going to be open. I'm sure there's bars in the city. I was going to say, yeah. I was gonna say are we going to go to a watch party in Hoboken and watch? <laughs> well, there, there are bars that are going to open up so folks can go watch. So it's up to you. This is what I want to do, actually. I want to put together a watch party Tuesday at 3 a.m. to go watch Team USA and immediately go from that match to the pickleball courts. Okay, Anita, I'm down. I think we have to definitely make this happen. (laughs) I'll have no traffic on my way there, so I'm all for it. Done. Done. It's going to happen. That's it. Done. We're in. So, uh, but kind of, you know, preview this game against what, what does, what do the women's USA team, what do they need to do to make sure they get into the next round? So you nailed it when you said that there was only one substitution against the Netherlands. That's the issue. We need more rotation, you know, coach. Team USA coach, he only made one substitution, but he has such depth on the bench. That's why he brought 23 players to Australia and the Netherlands. For instance, forward Lynn Williams, she has seven goals in the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League. So she's a spark plug off the bench. She needs more time. And then you've got midfielder Rose Lavelle. She needs more than 45 minutes. 
she is coming back from injury, but she looks strong. She looks fit. She looks physical. And she adds an element of, you know, creativity. She unlocks Paulus to the opposition's defense that the U.S. needs. So we just need smart, aggressive play. And, you know, everyone's going to come out strong against the, against the U.S. You know, the U.S. is number one in the world. They're going for their three-peat. So they have a huge target on their back. But in reality, they're not the team that's playing the best. A team like Japan, and then now you have also Spain, they've already qualified. So we're going to need a lot of work. We're gonna, it's a must-win game. It's a must-win game Tuesday, 3 a.m. Team USA, the women, they're taking on Portugal. They must win. Uh, if, they, if they do, if there is a, a, another draw, uh, there, there are scenarios and, and situations where they can still get into the next round, but uh, it just it gets convoluted. Really, at the end of the day, they're in the driver's seat. They need to beat Portugal. They beat Portugal. They advance to the elimination round, but then they really need to up their game. Spain, Germany, Brazil, just to name a few, um, it's, 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 the competition is going to get a lot better than what they've seen. That's for sure. Julia, thank you so much. Great having you on the show as always. I will see you bright and early Tuesday, 3 a.m. here in Hoboken. See you at 3 a.m., Anita. And, you know, the U.S. needs to win the group in order to have an easier path to the trophy. If they lose, then they put themselves in a position finishing second in the group where they'll have a tougher path. So we're definitely hoping for that win. And then it will come down to tiebreakers between them and the Netherlands, a uh, goal differentiation. So it's very tricky. It's a not wanted position and not expected position than what, you know, we expected coming in. So that, I'll leave it sure. at that. That's for sure. That's for <laughs> sure. Hopefully they could turn around, uh, have a significant win against Portugal and then, um, and then, you know, start the next round um on a clean slate we'll see what happens julia always great to have you on the program thank you thank you anita see you soon you got it julia obaba joining us here on 98.70 spn team usa they need to play better uh there's a reason why they were favored coming into the world cup there's a reason they have just been so dominant and we have not seen that in two games against Vietnam or the Netherlands. They've got to turn it around against Portugal. We come back, like I said, we had Rich Samini on earlier today. Big news, Dalvin Cook is in town. So what does that mean for the Jets? How confident is Rich Samini that uh, he will be a Jet by the end of the weekend? We'll find out next right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show. On 98.7 ESPN. A very exciting season that has begun for you, no less, right? Yeah, it's been uh, an exciting few days, too. Uh, A lot of news around the Jets, and I have a feeling it's not going to subside as we go through the season. All right, well, let's start first and foremost. I know everybody wants to hear the latest with Delvin Cook. But first and foremost, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, right? And, and him renegotiating and redoing his deal with the Jets. Obviously, that, that had to happen first and foremost. Kind of break that down for us. Explain the money and, and explain the motivational factors there as well, please. Yeah, so this is a little complicated. I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible. So right before he got traded in April, he redid his contract with the Packers and essentially was doing the Packers a favor and also the Jets a favor at that particular time because they took that $58 million option bonus, which is guaranteed 
and they pushed, which is due like this year, they pushed it to next year. And so for three months, Aaron Rodgers was on the Jets books making the veterans minimum. He was making about $1.2 million. He obviously was not going to play football this year for that amount. And he said it right from the beginning at his first press conference that they were going to re- redo his deal again. And so it took a while, and but it's been fairly much in place for the last few weeks. And so what they did was they moved some of that money back into this year, but not nearly all of it. I mean, in the end, he ends up taking about $35 million and basically leaving it on the table. You know, $35 million in guarantees over the next two years he will not get. Uh, he's going to make $75 million over the next two it was supposed to be 110, so it's really an extraordinary uh, gesture on his part. I think it's unprecedented in team sports for an athlete to take that big of a pay cut, and it helps out the Jets. It sends a really strong message to the locker room that he wants to win a Super Bowl, and so uh, yeah, it was it was quite stunning to say the least. Yeah, none. It, it is it, that is quite stunning. Um... Do you think he's feeling that he can make up that money now that he's here in New York? We hear it time and time again. Athletes, you know, you come here to New York in regard to, like, the marketing money and, and, and the hoopla and, and everything that comes with being uh, a, a professional athlete in New York over any other city in the world. Maybe he's making it up uh, with the Pat McAfee show moving to ESPN. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> there you go, Rich. <laughs> I, I don't know, but, uh, I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers has made a, a fortune over his career. I mean, I don't have the number at my fingertips, but I'd venture to say it's probably over, you know, two to $300 million. So um, some people say, well, what's, you know, so he doesn't really need the money, but still it's a, it's a significant amount of money. $35, yeah, $35 million, million dollars is, yeah. For, I mean, that's life anyone, changing for us, Joe, you know, Joe Schmoes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, like uh, I think the uh, Tampa Bay Rays uh, entire roster is, is $35 million, right? Uh, but, no, it's uh, it was a cool gesture on his part. I know it definitely resonated in the locker room just from talking to players, and, and the Jets were really, uh, really touched by that. And I think they want him to – I think he told, probably told him, look, I'm going to give you back this money, but you got to go out and get some players. And so I think that's right. what they're going to try to do. Okay, so so that obviously that first and foremost that had to happen. So now, Dalvin Cook allegedly is here in New York. From what I understand, and reading your column again, check out Rich Semini on ESPN.com. Go to the NFL Jet site. He's in Long Island, I'm sure, um, enjoying this this lovely. Although I played golf today, hot but lovely weather, and uh, and he's supposed to show up to uh, the Jets on Sunday. It's their green and white scrimmage. And based on what we heard him say on the NFL Network, uh, their morning show, and what's out there on social media, everything sounds pretty positive that he's going to be a Jet come Monday morning, if not Sunday afternoon. What say you? Yeah, I mean, he is uh, was going to spend the day, from what I was told, uh, today uh, boating somewhere on the waters of Long Island, uh, you know, enjoying uh, some, some Long Island leisure activity. And then uh, we'll make his way uh, into Jersey, and uh, he's going to have to take a physical. Obviously, that's an important component to this because he had he had that shoulder surgery in in February, so they want to check that out. And I think he wouldn't have made this trip unless the two sides were somewhere in the same ballpark financially. And 
there are other interested teams. I think the Dolphins and Patriots are interested. I, you know, from uh, what Jeremy Fowler reported yesterday that the Patriots are trying to arrange a visit. But I, I think clearly the Jets are the number one team right now. And I think he's got a number in mind, Dalvin Cook. And if the Jets can, can meet it or approach it, uh, I think there's a good chance that gets done. But, you know, these things, Anita, you just never know. I mean, we all thought the Odell Beckham deal was done. I thought Calais Campbell was going to get done. And at the last second, you know, another team swoops in. So you just never know until there's a deal. But I think things are looking pretty positive right now for the Jets and Dalvin Cook. Again, Rich Tamini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm sure that's music to the ears of a lot of Jets fans. Excited about that because um, even though I, I know we've had you on several times before and there was a lot of optimism around Brees Hall and everything that we're hearing from Robert Saul and the organization is that he's looked good. I want to say, again, I read in your column, he's, I guess they've clocked him at 23 miles an hour. Wow. Uh, that's really, my scooter doesn't even go 23 miles an hour. But nonetheless, what can you fill us in uh, in regard to the status of, of Brees Hall and what the expectations are for him at the start of the season? Yeah, I, I don't think this interest in Cook has anything to do with Brees Hall because Brees Hall, from all indications, is doing really well. He's running full speed. I think there's, there's not many players in the league who can run 23 miles an hour, and he's doing it coming off an ACL. However, you know, talking to experts in the field, uh, full speed, straight-ahead speed is the first thing that comes back. What's, what's going to be the key is acceleration. That's often the last thing to come back. You know, how, how quickly can he run from zero to ten yards uh, when there's a couple of angry linebackers chasing after him? So the acceleration is something that's the last thing to come back. Of course, the cutting hard on that knee is something that he really hasn't done yet in, in contact drills. So bottom line is, I do think Brees Hall will be playing in week one, but the Jets are going to be smart about it. They don't want to overwork him, and they're going to bring him along slowly. So you need another really good running back to you know pick up some of that workload. And I just don't think they have the confidence in Michael Carter and Bam Knight or the rookie, uh, Izzy Abanaconda. So that's why they're really interested in, in uh, Dalvin Cook. They have a really tough schedule early in the year, and it's going to be a grind, and they want to be able to hit the ground running with a guy who's got four straight 1,000-yard years. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. You look at this roster, and it's, it's, it's definitely star-studded. Uh, there's, there's no denying that. Um, and, and again, you've been on my program time and time again, and we're kind of on the same page here in regard to, I'm just worried about the offensive line. I filled in for Alan Hahn two weeks ago and spent some time with Bart Scott. Bart Scott's not worried. PFF pro football focus actually has the jets offensive line ranked 23rd in the NFL where they have the giants ranked 29th, which is really surprising to me because I think, you know, when you've got your book in tackles, which the Giants do have, young, healthy, ready to go, and you're looking at the Jets and their booking tackles are not. Um, to me, that's a yeah. huge red flag. So, you know, I, I understand we're sitting here, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers redoing his deal, giving back $35 million, excited about Dalvin Cook, but for me, man, I'd rather see the Jets. If I'm a Jets fan, I'd rather see the Jets spend that money on offensive linemen. But um, as, uh, as um, many, many analysts say, uh, you just can't walk into a target and purchase an offensive lineman. So with that being said, what is the latest with Becton? What's the latest with Brown? 
and uh, your thoughts on the offensive line, albeit, you know, the, 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 uh, the training camp obviously is, is, is just fresh and young and has just started. Uh, but where does that all stand with you right now, Rich? Yeah, I think the offensive line is a major question. And I think right now uh, they're going to open the season with the same five guys that they had last year. When, you know, last year the line you know, kind of sputtered towards the end of the year and they did have a lot of injuries. But I think from left to right, I think Dwayne Brown will be the left tackle. I think Tomlinson's back at left guard. He did not have a great year last year. Connor McGovern, I think, will end up being the starting center again. Clearly, they wanted to replace him in the offseason by drafting Joe Tippett in the second round. I don't think Tippett's ready. Right guard, Elijah Vera Tucker, he's fine. He's coming back from his injury, but he's fine. And the right tackle, I think, is going to be Max Mitchell, who was starting uh, a handful of games last year before he went out. So right now, it's the same five. And so can they be the same five guys be better than they were last year? I think the Jets are hoping that the new line coach, Keith Carter, has something to do with that. They're hoping that the offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, has something to do with that. I'd be a little concerned. I mean, especially, and you asked about Becton. Makai Becton is, you know, he looks great. You know, he lost 50-something pounds. He's in fantastic shape. That's not the problem. But he's got a twice-repaired right knee, and the knee is barking a little bit right now. So, He's day-to-day. He hasn't practiced in a couple of days, and I think he is going to be their backup left tackle, as I see it right now. And um, so, yeah, there's some, uh, you know, Dwayne Brown still not practicing. I think he'll be back shortly, but, you know, a lot of questions right now. Yeah, there's no denying that. And, and, and again, it, it's not like there's a fantastic tackle out there. You know, I'm, I'm sure the, the Jets are, are looking at some teams, as, as we know, as, as training camp progresses and teams have to shave rosters. There'll be some guys that will be let go, but starters, especially at the tackle position, those guys you, you, you hold on tightly to. So not sure what's going to happen yeah. there. Uh, Rich, before yeah. we let you go, uh, let's talk about Sean Payton's comments, right? He came out today. Uh, well, let me rewind. USA Today, of course, he spoke to them said that uh, Nathaniel Hackett, worst coaching job ever, quote-unquote, 20 dirty hands around what happened with Russell Wilson last season, 55 sacks. We know the story. But today came out and apologized, said that he still had his Fox hat on and um, and needs more filter. Uh, what, what Your thoughts on what Sean Payton had to say and, and, and expectations for Nathaniel Hackett this season? Well, I thought it was... I thought it was really stupid comments, to be quite honest. I mean, Sean Payton knew exactly what he was saying. Sean Payton's a really smart guy. He says everything he says has a purpose. He's very deliberate. He didn't make off-the-cuff comments. He wanted that out there. I'm sure he was defending his quarterback, Russell Wilson. Look, I get it. He's a coach. He's going to defend his quarterback. But that doesn't mean you have to take down another person you know did Nathaniel Hackett do a good job last year in Denver I obviously not he got fired after one year you know even before one year but what Peyton said was just you know really just below the bar of decency for what one head coach should say about another and I thought that was uncalled for and you know Robert Sala I thought handled it pretty well you know he you know took the high road and basically (laughs) And, of course, Peyton also attacks the Jets for, you know, all the publicity they're getting and the hard knocks and the, uh, the way they're putting together their team. And I thought Salah had a good comment on that, basically saying that we must be doing something right if you're talking about us and we don't even play them until week five. So 
Um, it'll be a really, it'll add some spice to that matchup in Denver. That's for sure. What is that? Early October, I think they play. So that'll be a, a really good matchup with Hackett going back there. And uh, I just thought those comments were, were just really uncalled for and really low class by by Sean Payton. Yeah. Um... Uh, and, and, and again, walking it back today and, and, and apologizing, he said he was going to make a call to Robert Sala as well and, and Nathaniel Hackett and apologize to them personally. So uh, so there, there is that. Uh, Rich, so appreciate your time. Um, I'm sure Jets fans are going to be uh, waiting um, and um, anxiously waiting, and I'm sure all over social media to hear whatever news. If and when this does happen, do you not anticipate to hear anything until Sunday, right? Because uh, the Jets, uh, they have uh, the two days off, right? They have a two-day break. So, really, Jets fans probably yeah, they're, more they're than likely won't hear anything until Sunday? Well, the players are off, but the front office people are not. So, you never know. I mean, something could happen. But I, I think Sunday is going to be the day. I think Calvin Cook is going to be out there at the scrimmage. There's going to be a full house of fans. I think there's going to be an electric atmosphere. And uh, I think if the fans see him, they'll start chanting his name. So it should make for quite a scene on Sunday. I think Sunday's the uh, the day to watch out for. Fantastic. Uh, Rich, again, if you could let folks know, they, they definitely need to hear your podcast throughout the training camp as they get ready for the season. Let the folks know all the ways that they can access it. Yeah, you can get Flight Deck on, of course, the ESPN app, and then Spotify, you know, Google Play, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Fantastic. Uh, Rich, again, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Have a fantastic weekend. Thanks, Anita. Talk to you soon. You got it. Rich Samini joining us here, right? 98.7 ESPN.